Talks right here, we gon' talk about it right here. We gon' talk about everything you like. I'ma make it real, real clear. It's today talks right here. We gon' talk about it right here. I'ma talk about everything you like. I'ma make it real, real clear. Cause it's today talks. And I'ma talk about it. Yeah, cause it's today talks. And I'ma talk about it. Tanae Talks Podcast. The Tanae Talks Podcast is the podcast where you laugh and learn. The podcast that educates and entertains. This is season seven of the Tanae Talks Podcast. Can you believe it? (laughs) I absolutely cannot believe it, but I'm so happy to still be rocking and rolling with all my talkers and listeners across the globe. Um, This season is brought to you by 810 Tacos. 810 Tacos is a premium seasoning pack made with nine high quality fresh spices. It um, it is also uh, high in flavor and low in sodium. Um, the distinctive flavor profile is unavailable from your store-brought products. The 810 Tacos tradition is to celebrate life with good food, good friends, and family to make new memories and share love one taco at a time. So if you want to go ahead and holler at the 810 Tacos, go to 810tacos.com. So let me tell you all a little bit about the 810 Tacos, 810 or 810, however you want to call it, is the area code of Flint, Michigan. Y'all know that's my hometown. I'm also wearing the leader of the pack, 810 Taco Season uh, merchandise, so y'all can also get that. But uh, 810 or Flint tacos are the best tacos in the world, hands down. I don't care where you ever had a taco before, but until you had a Flint taco, Baby, you ain't had no tacos. So (laughs) make sure you get that 810 taco seasoning flavor pack to take your taco night or your taco Tuesday night to the next level. Y'all, I'm so happy to be back. I have a special guest to kick off this season. Her name is Shanika Brown, and she's an educator. We met, um, well, we're in 2022 so about four years ago, when I was a blogger for Aspire TV, and uh, Miss Brown was out here doing her thing. She has a book that I still have. I don't know if y'all can see it because my filter. Okay, there it is. Dear Little Brown Girl. And Shanika actually wrote me a really nice note in this book. I'm read it to y'all. It says Proverbs 31, 25 states, she is clothed with strength and dignity and laughs without fear of the future. Continue to pursue and, ch- and chase your dreams for God is with you. And I want to thank uh, Shanika for those kind words because I am still pursuing my dreams and I'm laughing without 
sphere. So thank you so much. Um, I'm going to tell y'all a little bit about Miss Shanika Brown. Shanika Brown is a native of Miami, Florida, and graduate of Union Institute and University with multiple degrees in education. So I don't know if I told y'all, today's episode is entitled Literacy SOS. And y'all know what SOS is, right? It's an emergency signal. Right. So there's an emergency out here for literacy because uh, she's going to tell us more about that. But I'm pretty sure y'all have noticed in your interactions that literacy is down. OK, common sense ain't so common and illiterate people ain't that literate. It's a lot of illiteracy <laughs> going around here in these streets. Um, Miss Brown is the mother of two teenage boys. She's a boy mom. Hashtag boy mom. We get it. Being a boy mom is a unique place. <laughs> uh, she is also a reading coach with the Miami-Dade County Public School System and entrepreneur. Recently, Ms. Brown was awarded the Francisco R. Walker 2022 Teacher of the Year. So that means you already know she knows what she's talking about. Uh, Ms. Brown is also the author of Dear Little Brown Girl, My Travels Around the World. That's the book that I just showed you. And also, Dear Little Brown Boy, My Time Travel Adventures. In addition, Ms. Brown is the CEO of Books of Knowledge, LLC, where she writes children's stories and assists others to become authors. She is also the manager Manager of the Promise Academy LLC, where she tutors students in grades K through 12 in reading, English, and writing. So, without further ado, welcome Miss Shanika Brown to the show. Oh my God, thank you so much for having me. It is such an honor to be a part of your podcast. It's, it is an honor and a pleasure to have you on my pocket. Baby, I've seen your your grow and your glow since the, you know, the first time we interacted with back one to- another from back on Aspire TV. Um, she's had weight loss, not the surgery, baby, naturally. She's yes. looking good. She's <laughs> smelling good. And she's helping your babies reach their uh, highest literacy capacity. Is that right, Ms. Brown? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> I see you with all the degrees in the back. Baby. <laughs> we see it. <laughs> and so I gave, I gave a little bit of your bio, uh, but can you give yes. the listeners a little bit more background on education and actually what got you into education and specifically focusing on literacy? Oh, man. So First, um, I just wanted to say that I've been in education has of this month 14 years. So it's literally almost half of my life. <laughs> I've been in it 14 years. Um, I was a classroom teacher for five. Um, I have been a reading coach um, for nine years. So for most people that don't know what a reading coach is, um, basically my job is really to go in and coach teachers new and old right? How to effectively teach reading um, to our students, right? Because remember back in the day, you know, as teachers, we just go in and, you know, straight out of college. But now we have people like myself and people like myself, that's going to help you and train you uh, to be able to effectively teach reading to our students and get them to pass. Um, So now, basically, um, my life has just been education. That's all I know. And so all of my degrees are in reading. 
Um, and so my my bachelor's my bachelor's degree is in elementary ed. My master's um, degree is in education with a specialization um, in reading. And then I started to pursue my doctoral degree in educational leadership. But I'm not oh. finished. It's, it's <laughs> <only one. laughs> So we got a future future doctor here. I, I was already giving you the moniker of Dr. Brown because <laughs> I see Dr. All over you and you're very passionate about literacy and, and reading. Uh, since since our inaugural meeting, like I said, you yes. were pushing reading and literacy. You were working with football players. Yes. Were, <laughs> well, NFL, let me specify. Yes. The NFL players literacy because that's yes. how important it is to you and we also know that a lot of our athletes get pushed along um because of their athletic talents where literacy is kind of pushed to the back burner so you are making sure that 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 is no more literacy is key and so you reached out to me and you said something that I, a, a terminology that I've never heard before, because I, I too work in education, but I'm on the higher ed side of things. And you talked about something called a summer slide. And yes. I was like, what summer slide? I mean, it's just something that I've never heard about before. And maybe yes. in education um, circles, it's, you know, maybe a common, t uh, in K through excuse me, in K through 12 education, it may be a common term, um, but it's something that I never heard of. And as a parent, you were talking about the importance of summer slide. So can you expound on what summer slide is and how parents and educators can help their children? Oh my gosh. So you are absolutely correct. The summer slide is used in K through 12. So basically what the summer slide is, it's a loss of academic skills and knowledge that is lost over the summer. Because so for example, in the United States and in Canada, we have these long summer breaks. They have two and three months off. But during that time, if your kid is not in any educational camps or reading or in some type of educational program, so the summer slide, they can lose up to a year and a half of learning. And so just imagine having the summer slide. And then remember, we were out for the pandemic for a year and a half. So you're looking at almost, and we totaled it up, almost three years of learning loss, you know, with our kids. So that's why we entitled this a literacy SOS, because we have, a, we have an emergency and an urgency to get our kids back into reading, getting back into hitting the books even harder now that they're back in school. And so there's a lot of things that parents can do to kind of help beat that summer slide, because most of the time as educators, when kids come back from school and you're trying to rewind their clocks about what they learned last year. And the first thing they're like, miss, I don't, I don't remember that miss, repeat it, miss. <laughs> That's the first thing. I'm like, I don't know what that is. You're like, who class were you in last year? Right. But it's due to that it's due to the summer slide and not keeping our kids educated and informed during the summer and putting them in some type of program but the good part to the summer slide is that parents can do a lot of things to kind of help recoup from that loss of learning so the first thing I've always tell my parents to do is that have your kids read 20 minutes every day even before they go to bed um just after school, but having to read 20 minutes every day. Um, another thing they can do is explore different kind of books and reading material. Have them read picture, have them look at picture books, read chapter books. Um, really pick up a magazine. 
-hmm. You know, we don't even use that anymore, but magazine is um, informational text. And that's, believe it or not, informational text is the hardest text where our kids are really deficient in because they don't really, you know, we're so keen on to and holding on to the, you know, the literature text, mm -hmm. you know, literary text, but we're not putting them in front of informational text. So you can do that. Another thing you can do, start taking our kids back to the library. We don't even do that anymore. But <laughs> believe it or not, <laughs> believe it or not, taking them back there, believe it or not, getting them back into that exposure. We are telling them to go read a book online, but Believe it or not, just having that little trip makes a whole lot of a difference. Um, another thing is listen to audio books. Mm -hmm. So we have most of our, you know, us as working parents, myself, I work a full-time job in entrepreneurship. But at the same time, I always tell my kids, get your headphones and listen to an audio book. But not just have them listen to it, but ask them comprehension questions to ensure that they got it they attain mastery of whatever skill why did the author write that story what what was the author's purpose you know ask them simple questions like that what was the main idea of the story you just heard mm -hmm. just really asking them those scaffolding questions um another thing that you definitely want to do is have engaging and meaningful and meaningful conversations with your children because that's going to help them build vocabulary um so and that of course through reading we build vocabulary but kids pick up faster with our conversations and with our conversations they're gonna remember everything you said then they sure <laughs> will even the things you don't want them to know they they tune right on in. My son is uh, the king of eavesdropping. <laughs> and so when you have they gonna remember everything you said if they you know. So when you have those conversations, and then the last thing you want to do, you want to have hands on activities mm -hmm. with your kids. You know, have them. So one of the things I did with my kids when they were younger, we read this story called Thunder Cakes, mm -hmm. and it's about a little girl that was scared of thunder, so her grandma made a cake. And so we took that same concept. So we waited until like it was raining and we made cakes. And I said, how does this relate to Thunder Cake? Oh. So you want to do those hands-on activities and then they're going to connect what you're actually doing to the stories that they read. I First of all, those are phenomenal tips and, and I love them and they're easy to do. Um, but uh, you, you you really touched in on the library and I, and I love that. <laughs> My mom made it a weekly thing for us back when I was growing up. We had the Flint Public Library in our neighborhood. It was in the plaza, uh, maybe about five blocks from our home. So she would take us to go check out the books. And I love the smell of library and old books. Too, and old it, books. It, there's a smell, you know what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> and she would take us and we could pick out our book and then we would go to the park, sit under the tree and read it. And so out there who can't afford to put your child in a camp um you can take your kid to the library the library is free library cards are free just make sure you return those books so that you don't have to pay those fees it's a low income thing to do to help increase your kids uh literacy and i love how you did the cake and the thunder with you know like relating it because kids exactly. you know kids love that um one of my favorite books growing up uh in the second grade that actually developed my love for reading was the boxcar children series uh, and so uh, my mom actually when we would go on our vacations 
when I was growing up, she was scared to fly. So we we went on trains, Amtrak. <laughs> and so I would look, I would be like, oh my God, I want to live in the boxcar that we're in, <laughs> just like the boxcar series book. So like you said, bringing those things to life, making mm-hmm. it real. Like even this book, Dear Little Brown, girl, my travels around the world, like showing your kid a briefcase or, you know, pointing out different landmarks. I just, I truly love that. So summer slide parents, um, this emergency is so great, as you stated, that with the pandemic, we lost almost three years of basically retaining the information Um, because a lot of times we're teaching to a test instead of teaching for learning. Unfortunately, unfortunately, (laughs) so because the kid, the children are only learning for that moment, they don't retain the information. Even with my own child, I'll ask him something and he'll be like, I don't, I wasn't, I I wasn't going to remember that. And it's like, (laughs) (laughs) you know, (laughs) because they're not, they're not taught to love learning and look at it as a continuum from third grade is going to help me for fourth grade, fourth grade. grade is going to help me exactly. for fifth grade. They're looking at it as I'm only supposed to learn it for the time. Yes, exactly. And so how do parents or educators help combat that idea? Oh man. So I always tell people that learning begins at home. So, you know, one thing you have to do is work with your kids at home, just like some of the activities that we were talking about, doing those hands-on activities with them and really building up a love for reading to them. So starting them at home library, taking them to the library, you know, and really doing some of the things that they love to do. And so I always tell parents a good idea is really finding out what your kids' interests are. So my oldest son loves football. He plays football now to this day in college and still plays football. But I will find books on stuff that he was interested in. So I will find books about um, autobiographies about players. I will find books on football. And so that's going to build their love up for reading first. And then I will just like ask questions about the players and see how much he knows and stuff like that. And turning everything into turning everything into a game, because most of the time kids are going to retain it when it's a game Mm -hmm. or you turn it into music or something of that way. So now even when I tutor, I'll tell my kids, okay. You want to read this book and you go do a TikTok and t- in the TikTok, you're going to tell me the theme of it and you're a TikTok. Yeah. So, you know, so basically making it interesting for them um, and making it fun and making it interactive. And that's how they're going to retain it. And that's how they're going to even take that back to school. I'm like, OK, I remember I did this, you know, and so they're going to take all of that back to school and at home. So basically doing those hands-on activities, you know, having them do TikToks, having them create their own YouTube channel, to be honest, you know, about even different books that they, that they read and about the book. And believe it or not, they're, they'll blow up, you know, and even as parents, you create your own YouTube channel. Um, One of my friend's friends actually created a YouTube channel where she reads books from different local authors and so forth and asks her kids questions about it. And that channel like blew up Mm -hmm. and have your kids kind of create things that's going to keep them engaged and have a love for reading. And they're going to build up those skills because reading alone is going to help them do that. Um, I like how you say you're kind of incorporating what they're into. So, you know, Instagram was big for a while and now it's like the new wave is TikTok. So you're having to do that. Um, But the idea of monetization, right? You're saying, well, 
there's a possibility that your channel might blow up. Well, what's another way to get to incentivize them, I guess? Because um, we know everybody's not going to blow up. We know everybody's not going to get all those subscribers. So what's another way? Because I know children are sensitive with, with the numbers. And, you know, we, we oh, just yeah. hate to always kind of, have to tit for tat it you know because oh, we do want to have to develop that the actual love for it so that you just want to do it naturally absolutely so um so for me so like my youngest son is in high school he's in ninth grade so he doesn't have the tiktok and he doesn't have the youtube channel yet my oldest one does because you know he's grown of course <laughs> but <laughs> but my youngest one so to keep him engaged and to keep him incentivized what i'll do like he has this thing where he loves, loves, loves ice cream. Even at in high school, he just yeah. loves ice cream. So what I'll do, I'll take him to his favorite ice cream place. Okay, you did that. Um, so basically, it depends on what your child interests in, and give them that, give them a little bit extra of what they like. If your kid, you know, plays football, they want to go to a football game, or they want to go to a baseball game. You know, you want to give them something that kind of builds up that incentive. That wait a minute. This is what I want to do because I want to get that incentive. I want to get that prize or or I get to go hang out with my friends or I get to do something that I like because I'm, you know, I'm doing something that's going to better me. And so basically you find out what your kid likes and really get them to for, you know, or get them a little extra yeah. um, what they of what they really, really want. You know, sometimes it may be the simplest things like my son is ice cream, <laughs> birthday cake, ice cream will make him happy yeah. you know what I mean so sometimes parents that can you know really can't afford to do the big things you know it's just sometimes it's just the small things you know they may want to go somewhere that they never been you know to a park or to a play you know doing that or like I said the simplest things like ice cream so we gave a lot of tips for what parents can do what can those educators do in the classroom when they're kind of limited on time um but and you know they may have an overcrowded classroom what are some little tips that they can do in those arenas to help with literacy oh man so i always tell my teachers make it engaging um make it engaging make it where the kids you know, most of the times we tell our kids, okay, we get them to be quiet in the classroom, we tell them to be quiet, but you have to make it engaging and allow them to have those collaborative talks, you know, to discuss and talk to one another about um, whatever literacy or or, without, or about whatever story that they're reading, um, have them engage in it, have them to tell about um, their personal stories and have them have them connect their personal stories to what they're reading. You know, I always call it text the self and text the world, mm -hmm. you know, and that way. So how does it relate to you? How does it relate to yourself? How does it relate to the world that you're living in? And turn it into that and even take those stories and have them turn it into books, believe it or not. So you can make, make that and turn it into literature and have all the class come together and make them tell their individualized stories and make it one big book and then the class will get to see kind of like how they have a lot of similarities how they have a lot of differences but it allows them to have sympathy and empathy towards one another and make it engaging you know and that's really the key about education is really making it engaging incorporating technology you know and I know sometimes we don't always want our kids to use their phone but you have um activities like Kahoot Mm -hmm. that they can use so you have different learning activities that they can use to incorporate technology allow them to engage 
and let them have those collaborative conversations. And that will make a world of difference in the classroom. Thank you for those tips. Uh, most recently, um, Donald Trump, a former president of the United States, you know, was doing some tours around the country. And one of the things he stated is that we should get rid of the Department of Education. And um, well, how do you feel about that? And how do you feel that that would affect the classroom and literacy rates when we have, you know, a former leader who is also uh, pursuing to be a the president again, who is saying, hey, let's get rid of the Department of Education, which is near and dear to me, and I'm sure it's near and dear to you. Oh, man. So, it you know, for me, it kind of hurts because um, I think that we can't have future leaders without the Department of Education. I always tell people that teachers are the root to every other career that there is, you know. Um, so without the Department of Education, um, it leaves so many gaps for so many things. And so I always call it the three P's of literacy and why the Department of Education is needed and why literacy is such a SOS. Because literacy does three things. It changes a child's perception. It increases their performance and it provides them a future of prosperity. Mm -hmm. So what I mean by perception, meaning that reading daily changes a child's perception of themselves, others and the world that they live in. And so we open up ourselves to when we get rid of the Department of Education, we allow kids to not see themselves. Kids see themselves through books, through situations, and they get to see and explore worlds that they never visited or yet even seen. Um, if we do that, also it's going to affect their performance. So reading daily improves academic performance across the board in science and technology and math and everything that they do. So when we don't have reading and we don't have the Department of Education, then we leave um, what I call um, an academic gap, an opportunity gap, which leads to violence. So then, there, then, then there's going to be a lack of prosperity because studies show that 60% of proficient readers um, are in management, they're entrepreneurs, they're in business, and they make twice as much as someone with basic skills. Mm -hmm. So then we want to leave an open gap for violence and people resorting to, I got to do what I got to do. Mm -hmm. And so it's going to lead people to survival mode and, you know, either opening themselves up for crime and other things because they're not proficient in reading. And so when we take away departments such as the Department of Education, we're leaving holes and opportunities for our kids and even for adults, right? That we don't want to see our society become. You know, one thing we want to keep our children to be is lifelong learners and really productive citizens of society. And we're not going to be able to do that without the Department of Education. Ooh, baby. That's the SOS. That's, that's the SOS. <laughs> That's the PSA, baby. <laughs> the three P's. Perception, yeah. performance, performance, and, and prosperity. That's yes. it right there, baby. Shanika, <laughs> that is so valuable. Because I always say that, you know, an education, even going because I work in higher ed and I always tell students that come through my door, they have, you know, an anxious look on their face. And I can tell that they're very worried about will they do well in this space right because maybe their high schools didn't prepare them well and I yes. always say college isn't hard as long as you know how to read I say exactly. that number one as long as you know how to read 
right and follow directions. Those are the three things that my mom taught my sister and I, and we both have master's degrees. So it doesn't that necessarily mean that you have to be the genius or the smartest person mm -hmm. in the room, but you at least have to know how to read. And once exactly. you can, what, unless once you know how to do that, the rest becomes easy. And I let them know college may be a challenge, but it's not hard, and it can change your life. It can change uh, your economics. Mm -hmm. um, it can change uh, future generations once you get that education. So, girl, that's why you do what you do, and you who you are. <laughs> funny because when I was an adjunct, I had the, the same three things. That's why I said, listen, you need read, write, repeat. That's why I used to tell them. I said, read, write, repeat. I said, yeah. because if you can read, you can write it. All you're doing is repeating what they already said into yeah. your own words. Yeah. So that's how I said, read, write, repeat. That's what I told them. <laughs> I said, read, write, repeat. That's what you're doing. That's what and you're that's doing. how you learn. I always, my mom used to always be amazed at me how I retained information, but I always had to take it, make it my own, and remix it essentially to, <laughs> to my me. understanding. And that helped me to like maintain the maintain the information. And so, like you said, yes, learning is making it your own, getting these concepts and making mm -hmm. it your own so that it relates to your world. Uh mm -hmm. lastly we're gonna ask you a few quick questions. And yep. uh I didn't I didn't prepare you for this so you just gonna have to know. <laughs> All right, you ready? Finish this sentence. All right. The last book I read. Ooh, Think and Grow Rich. Ooh, by who? Napoleon Hill. Is it good? It's very good. You you rich? Not yet. It's on the way. <laughs> uh, the book that got me, that, that made me fall in love with reading was? Ooh. Um, I got a couple. Tell them. The Color Purple. Yes. Okay. <laughs> it, it was a little bit more intense than the movie was. Movie. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and what else? Ooh, uh, ooh, I got a couple. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm serious. Um, because I'm 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 really big on books. I'm trying to think if I want to narrow it down to my favorite one that changed my life. Definitely okay. a color purple. Um, why does the cage bird sing? Mm, yeah. Um I love um Zora Neale Hurston books. Mm -hmm. Um, I love all of hers. Um who who else do I like? Right now, <laughs> I'm reading Atomic Habits. Yeah. So, uh, ooh, I got a lot. It's okay. It's okay. Okay, we're going to move forward. We're going to move forward. Um, if I could be a character in one of my books, who would I be? I would, it's, it's going to sound biased, but I would be Chloe from my book. <laughs> <laughs> the one that's traveling around the world. Around the world. <laughs> yes. Yeah, me too, for the free trip. <laughs> exactly. Uh, if I could only read one book for the rest of my life because I was stuck on a beach, what would it be? Ooh. Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> that is a good one. Um, it would probably be that is a good one. <laughs> I'll tell you mine while I'm while you're thinking about it. Which is one of my favorite books is Trying to Sleep in the Bed You Made. I could just read that book over and over and over and over and over. Really? Yeah. You know what? I used I you know what to be honest, 
because now since I moved into entrepreneurship, mm-hmm. um, I'm currently reading the millionaire mindset. Mm-hmm. And so I can read that book over and over. Only reason because it is so informative with so many rich things. But if I could read a book over and over and I read this book over and over, it's thinking grow rich. Okay. I've read that. I like this is my third time reading. So I would definitely tell you that book is definitely you gotta read that book. Okay. Because it kind of yeah, you you gotta read that one because it kind of tells you really about how um it's about your mindset. Mm-hmm. It, you know, rich is being a is rich is a mindset that and also you gotta specialize in something, you know, and sometimes we're so broad, but it kind of narrows you down to um one thing and that's how you can get rich off focusing on that one thing. And I needed that because I focus on me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My mom used to say, uh, don't be a jack of all, all trades and ruler of none. Cause <laughs> people like us, we're we we are talented in a lot of areas, but sometimes we gotta have a mastery of one. <laughs> exactly. And so for me, I always that that's my go-to book because it always reminds me, stick to that one thing, stick to plan A. And and lastly, finish this sentence. Reading is fundamental period (laughs) (laughs) well thank you miss brown for being a guest on the tanae talks podcast and in true tanae talks fashion this is your time to give your shout out who you giving a shout out to oh i am going to shout out first my fiance who's been with me through thick and thin i know you got married girl congratulations Come on, fiance. Hey, fiance. <laughs> he liked it and he put a ring on it, child. <laughs> uh, definitely, um, my, my, you know, I'm a boy mom. So my two sons, Josiah and Jordan. And um, and definitely my pastors. I love my pastors. Dashay uh, and Tequila Johnson. <laughs> hey, pastors. And let me tell y'all, we worked it out so that she can go to church before this recording. <laughs> So this is a week before. So thank you so much for uh, giving us your time and your expertise today. You're going to help so many people beyond what your uh, mind is even allowing you to know. You're going to help so many people and you have helped so many people. Hey. I- I'm sure those those five years in the classroom, those kids benefited from you and they'll never forget Ms. Brown oh. and moving forward even when you interact with them in tutoring. So keep doing what you're doing. Keep pursuing. Keep breaking glass windows and knocking down barriers uh, and focusing on literacy. So parents, if you heard nothing else from this today, have your child read. If they're struggling with reading, read to them. If they're having uh, difficulty pronouncing words, have them read the same book over and over till they build up that that skill and that speed uh, because we want them to be successful and we want them to uh, benefit from the three Ps, which is perception, performance, and prosperity. And lastly, today Talk is brought to you by 810 Tacos, the taco season that is packed with flavor and low on sodium. 810 Tacos is the premium seasoning pack made with nine quality fresh spices. Go to 810tacos.com and get you a fresh pack today.